All right, and we are recording. How was your week, Ben? Oh, it was awesome. How was your week? It has been very eventful. <laughs> I started uh, I started raising uh, funds for hopefully the um, missions trip in July. Oh, and that'd I started, be awesome. Uh, I started selling breakfast burritos at UPS, and what I find hilarious about that is that I developed this where I was the the sauce was definitely a godsend and that has its whole story yeah I I started giving away samples of the sauce and people kept complaining jokingly hey why doesn't this come with burritos <laughs> so then during the Christmas time just to show thanks I would give uh made the homemade burritos and now fast forward it's like instead of selling the sauce like I intended it's like I'm selling burritos with the sauce and it, it just is this like huge whirlwind of I don't know. It's like a huge coinkending and I can't help but start laughing at it. But yeah, one burrito at a time and raising some money for a good cause. So nice. That's exciting. I'm excited for you to get to go on that missions trip. That'll be, I think, a life changing event for you. That's cool. It's uh, I'm I'm not nervous at all because I have uh, full faith in God, but I'm super excited because I kept praying on it last year. And that one, there was a potential missions trip to be involved with if with. And that fell through, and I just can't help but think, like, he knows me best, and he knew I wasn't prepared, and maybe yeah. this is, you know, the first one up. And if it isn't, that's cool, too. You know, I'll still help raise funds and, and send the team over there. Um, but I am, I'm super excited about it, but it's just, like, um, I'm probably, probably like, I'll be, like, boarding my flight, and that's when the nervousness will kick in, <laughs> if I'm chosen, right? We'll, we'll find out in a week. Yeah. But I'll just be like, ah, be like, what's wrong with that guy? I'll be like, he's having a panic attack. <laughs> like, he just realized where he's going. Stick him on the plane. He has to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, UPS was good. The most hilarious part, though, was um, my, and he'll never listen to this, so I can call him my best friend, Sabu. But he's like, he always still, he's like, in text messages through group chats, he's like, I am not friends with Chris. I do not like Chris, right? So I knew what was going to happen. Day one, brought breakfast burritos. Everyone loves them, right? They they yeah. love them to death. They love the sauce with the combo. And Gio, his friend, bought two. Like I knew they were going to get hungry at some point because there's, there's nothing there. So food yeah. is the perfect yeah, yeah. thing to say thank you, give us a treat, or to raise some funds. So Gio bought two. Sabu sticks it in his pocket, right? Like nonchalantly, right? And, and Gio's <laughs> loving these things. And Sabu runs off, right? And then everyone's like, man, the burritos are awesome. You know, put me down for another one, taking orders for the next day. Sabu finally comes around. I'm like, hey, man, how's the burrito? I get to know. He goes, yes, I. <laughs> right? <And> so, <laughs> Gio starts making fun of him. He goes, man, quit hating. He goes, you know, that was a good burrito. He goes, eh, right? So then our, our boss comes around later and I'm like, hey, man, like I was telling everyone, making jokes. I was like, Sabu's just hating on the burritos. And Brian comes by and he goes, he actually like really loved her burritos and Brian goes, weren't they good? And, and Sabu goes, they were, but I'll never tell that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, I'll never say that to him. So, um, but yeah, no, I love, uh, serving people. I love cooking. I love all arts basically, but to create something, to cook something and then pass it off and watch enjoyment out of it. That's so cool. I think that's one yeah. of the coolest, why cooking is one of my, um, uh, favorite arts because it seems like one of the most personable it's like hey this is what i prepared and then you know here's yeah here's what you get to have i know off when of. i pour a bowl of cheerios <laughs> add the milk and a spoon and give it to my kids and <laughs> see the enjoyment on their face so you know <laughs> what is your favorite breakfast cereal <laughs> oh my favorite breakfast cereal i i like cereal a lot um 
Most of them I don't have anymore because they're like 90% sugar. sugar yeah. <clears throat> I love Reese's Puff cereal. Oh, yes. That stuff is really good. Um, what else? I I like... I like just regular Cheerios with like honey and milk. I enjoy yes. that. Um, uh, checks are good. So there's not too many cereals I don't like. This is true. Did you, have you ever tried like the actual healthy ones, like the flax brand and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember the first time as a kid, <laughs> my stepmom brought brought those from Trader Joe's. I believe it was one of the first stores to have it at the time. And because I had such a sweet tooth with the Lucky Charms, Corn Pops was a oh, huge yeah, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Those were good. Cinnamon Toast Crunch was a biggie. Oh, yeah. Um, honeycombs. I love honeycombs. honeycombs. <laughs> that was, I literally, it literally <laughs> tasted like cardboard to me. Like, I was like, yeah. what is this <laughs> cereal? Oh, no, it was called... Um, it was called Kashi. Kashi was the oh, brand. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it was made of flaxseed or something. Yeah. And she's like, this is healthy cereal. This <laughs> I was supposed to... I was like, dude, this is insane so um for the cold start of the show this is so a friend sent this to me this week and this is i wanted to open it up with a joke this is on a sign somewhere it looks like at someone's house and it says all men should make coffee for their women it says it right there in the bible hebrews oh <laughs> there we go Do you want to tell the lovely people we're recording from today? Where are we today? Well, last time I looked out the window, I saw the Alps, so we must be in Switzerland somewhere. <laughs> oh my goodness, that reminds me. There was this uh, um, uh, meme or this little video on Instagram, and it showed this uh, guy. I'm pretty sure a lot of people did it, but it actually looked fun. And the guy was going down a hill skiing with a glider so when he hit like a certain like bump oh. or something he tried to glide well he crashed but <laughs> like like it just seemed like people like who are up there who who have access to multiple you yeah. know equipment and i was like you know what i can't i i'm laughing at that because the video is funny but i can't knock it because i would actually i would try something yeah like to that. me that'd be better than skiing because <laughs> i can't ski and i could just lift my skis off the ground and kind of glide down the mountain i can deal with that <laughs> oh <laughs> so we want to tell um everyone the episode what we have today yeah so today we're talking talking about uh five each uh movie villains that need jesus so i'm excited to hear what we have about that oh did i mess up again was it villains or just characters in general well we all oh, picked my, my villains <laughs> so <laughs> that's how we did is. yeah <laughs> that would have actually now that i think about it, that would have been interesting you know who needed it the most babe the pig <laughs> that, that that pig with the biggest heart <laughs> went wrong this way if only uh, he had jesus so would you like to start us off yeah so my first one i had was um the infamous infamous marvel villain uh thanos and if you haven't seen the movies what rock have you been living under for the last <laughs> 10 years but no i'm just kidding it's okay if you haven't seen them but uh thanos is trying to control the universe uh, with his 
whatever you call it, Infinity Gauntlet. Infinity Gauntlet, my friend. Yes, I know this all too well. <laughs> and so he's got the Infinity Gauntlet, and with a snap of his finger, you know, half the half the universe of of sentient life is disappearing. And he says he's doing this to, you know, make the galaxy a better place for um, the the thing, the people that are left. But ultimately, he's just trying to control the universe and be in power. And so um, he 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 brings up two things that Christians need to think about. And that one, no one can control the entire universe but God. And we can't even control our own lives, our own, you know, neighborhood, much less an entire universe. You can't really even control if your car is going to start in the morning or anything. There's so much that's outside of our control. And so instead we need to rest in the fact that God is in control and he created all things. Colossians 1, 16 says, for by him, that's talking about Christ, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So everything that God created exists for his uh, glory. And so um, it's a terrible thing to destroy the image of God. And it's a terrible thing to think that life is something uh, to be destroyed, to make room for uh, some people to have a better life. God, God's, heart is for life to flourish and grow and um be more and and develop more so so and for those reasons he's he's a bad guy and christians ought not to seek to control the universe or uh stamp out life for for that cause man to think like during the run what started with iron man in like 2008 like i was um i just started a relationship no kids and then when it ended i had two fully grown like kids like i'm like to to lots of movies lots of movies do you have a favorite one out of the whole uh series uh i don't know like i like i like the the ones where they're all together fighting you know the so the avengers in the avengers those are those are good i like those i i do like those i think i have a soft spot for um thor ragnarok okay that was that was my favorite that was your favorite and i i specifically um, when envy was big in my heart, pretty much at the time, I was just like, you know, like I didn't talk to God this way then, but I was just like, why can't I look like Chris Hemsworth? This is horrible. Right. But I always, I always was like, and eh, you know, like, uh, he doesn't really look good with long hair, this, that, or the other one Thor Ragnarok, he cut it down. And I'm just like this. I was like, dude, like what, what, like, what is happening? Did he hit like God knocked off all the checklists when he made that individual. And it's like he took a, he, he skipped some days when he made me. I'm just like, man. But no, it has, um, it was directed by a guy that I like, uh, Taika Waititi. And if you haven't seen it, it's a super, super uh, edifying film. It's a very cool film called Hunt for the Wilder People. And oh, it's, okay. it's family friendly and, and it has really cool themes and uh, morals in it, but a very easy watch. It's It's hilarious. So I couldn't recommend it enough, but because... That one was made for close to next to nothing, but had such heart. Yeah. I think that was a direct contributor for him getting the gig for Thor Ragnarok. Mm. And that one, to me, hands down, I could watch that on repeat or just have it in the background because it has cool moral lessons, all the special effects, uh, cool soundtrack, the cool villain, um, but just the humor and the heart is there. And I I remember... (laughs) 
I just remember Chris Hemsworth crushing uh, the part where he's there. They have Loki, his stepbrother, in uh, the woman's apartment, and he, and they're talking. It's like him, Hulk, and and the woman. Uh-huh. And he goes, you know, we we can't trust him. It's my brother Loki. And he's like, I remember one time, <laughs> he transformed himself into a snake, and I was playing in a field, and he jumped out, and he goes, Hi, it's me, and he stabbed me, and I was like, I remember. <laughs> I just remember when he recited those lines, I was laughing so hard in the theater, like above everyone else. Cause I was like, whoever wrote that, that is like, I wish I could have been there at the table for that read. So, all right. Uh, my number five, and these are in no particular order, except for number one has to be Darth Vader. Oh, so yeah. I went, <laughs> so infamous Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, and I put, why does Darth Vader need Jesus? And I really thought about this because he did a lot of bad things if you watched all the movies. Yeah. Is because I think his greatest sin to me, and once again, this is in my opinion, was pride. Mm. So from yeah. if you watched episode one through whatever it was, one, two, three, four, five, six, people kept telling him from birth that he was special, right? right. He, it was like even those horrible pod races or whatever it was like, <laughs> you're special, you're special this, you're special that. And people started referring to him as the chosen one. Yeah. And so to me, you can see his character development. Like he started to believe the hype. And then there's that scene, I think in episode three to where the emperor told him a tale that um, a man he knew of even defeated death. And mm. he could teach, yeah. he could teach this to him as well. So he thought, well, I've done all these other things. And my track record and history are amazing. Yeah. Like, why can't I be another person who defeats even death? And that sounds like something the chosen one would do, right? And right. he just grew yeah. too cocky. And then when things didn't go his way, his ego and pride could not handle it. And he flipped out and literally went to the dark side. So yeah. it reminded me, or I had to look up Proverbs 11.2. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. Mm. But with humility comes wisdom. Yeah. And yeah. to me... That's why he definitely makes the list is because the actions were, of course, would put him on the list. And he definitely needs Jesus for a lot of yeah. actions he did. Yeah, yeah. But I think the start of it was the greatest sin of all, pride. Yeah, he's a really interesting character because, like, um, if you li- watch Clone Wars, um, which I know you don't like the CGI stuff, yeah. so you haven't seen it. But there's a there's actually an episode where he and... <clears throat> and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka get stuck in this, like, I don't know what it is. I don't know all the lore very well, but basically they're summoned before the the father and the son and the daughter, and they, like, they represent the Force. And that's where he's told and is the chosen one. Like, it shows oh. that he is, um, he is going to bring balance to the Force, and he sees his future. <clears throat> he sees himself becoming Darth Vader. Um, and even though he had that, he had, you know, a loving wife and a, an amazing friend and Obi-Wan, like he still chose, like you said, every time he chose to ignore their advice, yeah. go his own way. And, you know, ultimately it cost him everything. Yeah. And, and more cause he started to, he, to me, it cost him more because he didn't, uh, perish. He kept living on to serve yeah. evil, which mm-hmm. to me is <clears throat> almost even worse. Um, yeah, there was. Yeah, I wasn't into the. I never got into the Clone Wars and that whole stuff. And then, but I really want to get into. Um, there's a comic book series of oh, yeah. where I think where he first became 
uh, Darth Vader, and it was uh, what was um, someone's gonna be screaming into the <laughs> thing right now. What was the the code that they yelled when they were gonna kill all the Jedi? Oh, Order sixty six. Order yeah. sixty six. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry if that's you yelling. You can <laughs> email us at oldsinnersnewsaints at gmail dot com. We would love to hear what you think. So, but yes, Order sixty six, and I think the comic book series it was beautifully Ill- illustrated. Maybe it was like six to twelve issues, but it's in comic book form, and it deals oh, with yeah. this little tale, yeah, um, like a little piece of story, um, through there. Yeah. So, all right, number four. Number four for me was Sauron. So we're. Uh, I could never say his name. <laughs> I don't, that's why I never even tried. We're switching to the Lord of the Rings, which um, I think are the book. the The movies are really cool, except for, I don't really like the um, the five battles, whatever oh, yeah, that yeah, one yeah. was. I think that was a little bit much. But um, the original movies really, really good, and um, the books are even more amazing if you can take time to read through those. Uh, because Tolkien really had a sense of reality and real life, and he used uh, fiction to tell um, real stories. And uh, even like if you le- read his his bigger, longer uh, saga of Middle Earth, the Silmarillion, he he starts with this whole song of creation. That's really um, he he had the beginning that from the Bible. So it's it's a really interesting stuff. But um, anyway, Sauron. As a person who gave himself to evil, he traded his soul for power. Um, so Sauron was created good, started good, and was tempted by Morgoth uh, to to become this evil person that he became. Uh, and by the end of his existence, he, you know, lost it all, lost everything uh, to become powerful. But the evil uh, destroyed him. In the end, and so it reminds me of Matthew twenty six or sixteen twenty six. What good will it be for someone if he gained the whole world yet forfeit his own soul? And what can a man give in exchange for his soul? So, so many people, uh, sometimes even Christians, were were pursuing these things that have no real meaning or worth, and um, and the ultimate end of those things is death. And so. Uh, he is a good example of of someone who started off good and right, but chose to give themselves over to evil, <clears throat> and because of that, they they lost their their soul. And so, for anybody out there, um, if you're pursuing anything besides Christ, if you haven't made Christ your savior, the end of your path is death. Paul tells the Corinthians who, after they they turn to Christ, he said, "Those things that you used to do that." Um, you were proud of now those things you're ashamed of those things lead lead to death and so um, seeking after power wealth um, that that stuff leads only to death and you can gain the whole world but if you lose the most valuable part of yourself your eternal soul what really good is is all of that and i think that theme (coughs) is uh should be number one in a lot of a lot of our books because I lost track of that for a majority of like my life. And it's, it's very hard to, um, Mm -hmm. without being, without having a friend like you, without having knowledge of the Bible or trying to seek out the Bible or being part of a church community. Yeah. It is very easy to lose sight of that because I, you know, 
Um, said it before I said it again, like I lost everything because I had my eye on different things. Well, I'm going to live for this woman. I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket and I'm going to do everything for her. Well, that crumbles. I'm going to try to gain money. That crumbles. Yeah. Uh, health, um, a house, like whatever it is, those things are nice to have, but they all will fall apart just like that yeah. quote from the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting how that, that thing keeps coming up uh, time and time again. And I know it's being on this side of the aisle now, it's one of those things that, you know, if I were to go out in public and start telling people there, you'd get the like, oh, you're, you know, crazy type thing. Right. right? Yeah. But it's like I have less now in terms of worldly things. But then um, why am I the happiest? Right. Why do I feel the most fulfilled? Why do I sleep most soundly yeah. at night? Right. Why do my kids run up to me all the time now and shower me with praise and love? when I had all those things before and I never got that. So it can't be the material things that they're gloating me for. So I do find that very yeah. interesting in, in people's testimonies, how that, that theme continually um, will come up. So, man, but I could never get into those movies. I don't know, like I saw the first three and yeah. they were, they were moving pieces of art. I'll give, yeah. Um, yeah. what was the director's name with that one? Oh, Peter Jackson. Yeah, Peter. Yeah. Man, I can't can't believe. It. So he directed before that. He directed one of my favorite movies of all time as a kid. It was called The Frighteners. It made okay. like no money, but it had a Michael J. Fox in it. Okay, and it was a really really cool movie about how he would um uh, he was like a con artist and he could uh, see ghosts and he goes like on this like little um, adventure. Very very cool um, movie. So I knew <laughs> the name. Yeah. at the time but after the first three i was like man i have no clue about these books i have no clue about these characters i can't even pronounce yeah <laughs> yeah whatever yeah. whatever it is but um yeah those things were immensely immensely popular everyone yeah. around me was like did you you know see this this that, and the other i'm like oh like <laughs> i can't yeah you lost me yeah so. he, he he does more than most any i mean writer he develops a, a world into of itself um, with, you know, just crazy amounts of history and languages. I mean, it's just, he, he is, he is a pioneer in that, in that regard. Did you see the Amazon prime show? No, I have not seen rings of power. I I did. Um, you even knew the title. I already (laughs) forgot it. I watched, I watched, um, series one and that was very well developed. I, I, I really liked it and, and I wasn't a fan of all these characters, but um, the production of the show, very, very well put together. And there's a twist um, leading, uh, or a spoiler alert, uh, a twist, no, whatever it's called. And I'm the movie guy. A twist at the end that I guess no one saw coming. And so as a fan, you'll love it. So don't right. don't read anything on it. Just go into <laughs> it, watch it blind, and, and I guarantee um, you'll love it. So my number four <laughs> goes by many names. People have referenced them as the boogeyman. Or even, I think it's Russian, Baba Yaga. (laughs) But my number four is John Wick, played by the Oscar winner. I don't know if you want an Oscar, Keanu Reeves. So it's hilarious. Have you ever watched any of the series? So it's total just action candy. Like the the first one was amazing. Now there's two, three, and a fourth one. So it went past the trilogy. But hands down, my favorite line comes in number one. So he comes, he's an assassin who comes out of retirement because his wife after she passed away of cancer um gifted him a dog 
And then some people break into his house and wound up killing the dog. So he goes on this huge revenge tale for, for a dog. For a dog? Right? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> so, but when the story gets going and they're painting the backstory, there's the main villain and his right hand henchman. And he goes, you know, we called him the Baba Yaga. And he oh, goes, yeah. so he's the boogeyman. And this is the best, one of the best movie quotes of all time. He goes, so he's the boogeyman. He goes, well, he's not quite the boogeyman. He's the person you send if you want to kill the boogeyman. <laughs> I remember being in the theater with my dad on opening night, and we were dying laughing. Or like to to put that in perspective, <laughs> right? Like he's so lethal, he can kill like a a ghost, basically, yeah, right? Yeah. So, um, what was I gonna say? So, the reason I put him on this list, even though I love the character, love the series, the direction, production, all the stuff, action scenes, is because of his wrath. Obviously, his anger yeah. turned to wrath, and that got the better of him. And across four feature films, I had to Google this, he has an impressive accumulated body count of 439 individuals. Wow. So <laughs> that's across four, four movies. So this it brought, to, it brought to light three passages from the Bible. James 1.20, For man's anger does not bring about life that God desires. Yeah. Proverbs 19.11, a man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Amen, yeah. Psalm 37, 8-9, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. Yeah. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Yeah. And it's like, man, like that's... Uh, that's there's so many times that I know people are listening to us like they have ideas about something and it's it's very good to hold on to patience and it's way easier said than done. But yeah. can you imagine if everyone had that switch that John Wick had? I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. like and and I think the there's there's one time skip in it like he falls asleep or he gets knocked out at the end of the third one and recoups but the first three I think happen back to back to back so he's oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. um it's just, uh, yeah, just that's that was one of my biggest things like growing up and especially like it what what I found interesting was to put in my own perspective was I when I was a movie uh, when I loved movies as a kid and I saw other things, I always attributed wrath with something physical, like mm. something physically had to be done. Yeah. And that equated, oh, that person's anger turned to the wrath. But that's not true. Because God sees all, he knows all, and he knows our thoughts. Yeah. He knows what's in our heart. So even though if you may not act physically towards someone, like hit them or you know do anything physical or cause anyone physical harm, if you are thinking these things, that is still a wrathful heart. Yeah. And you need to pray on that like I have and try, yeah, try to get rid of that. Sure. because yeah, that, That'll come out eventually. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so that's uh that was a big one for me. I was just like when I when when I learned that from you or I learned that in the Bible and I'm just like, wait, he he knows what we're thinking. <laughs> like, well, this is not yeah, this is not good. It's amazing that you know, like God loves us even though He knows our thoughts. Yes, our, my thoughts can be really bad sometimes, and uh, yeah, that's amazing. And I think that's a it's like a classic movie theme. You know, like someone does bad to someone. Yeah. The government can't help anymore, so 
<laughs> you know, they're going to go on a whirlwind training event and become <laughs> like superstar martial art yeah. <laughs> killer or whatever and go take their revenge. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty common movie theme and um but you're right, it's not a biblical theme at all. Yeah. So that was uh <laughs> you remind me of this uh so um man, what is his name? John H. Benjamin. He's a amazing voice actor and he voices Bob's Burgers, Bob from Bob's Burgers. Oh, okay. And he also voices <laughs> this character named Archer on FX. And so the the Archer is just pictured like a James Bond gone wrong type of person, right? Okay. And Bob's Burgers is just a normal everyday guy who has a burger joint. So they had this crossover to where the Archer character had amnesia, right? Uh-huh. Like he got hit in the head. <laughs> And he, because it's voiced by the same guy, yeah. he was Bob's Burgers, like opening up a burger joint. And these, like, this, you know, evil task force comes in and they're like, you're the famous, infamous archer. And he's like, what? And so it was kind of like a Jason Bourne oh, intro. Yeah. yeah. And he started, like, killing all the people and the, the, the wife and the kids of Bob were like, oh my goodness, who are you, Bobby? <laughs> like, you have his wife screaming in the background. And I was like, I was laughing hysterically because it, it was genius so because the same company owns fox oh, FX, yeah, yeah. they own okay. they own the rights to both <laughs> but that's what i was thinking about when you're talking about the cross-country tour or like you know revenge tour and things like that i was like yeah man how hilarious would that be if that was a live action they probably is it's probably some independent film to where some ex-navy seal assassin for hire works at mickey d's or something yeah, and then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know someone doesn't tip him and he goes crazy i don't know but if that's made into a movie we, we have the recording we, we get we get the rights to that all right you're number three so i had for number three um emperor palpatine oh right so he's a master of deception and corruption um and again a, a man that's chasing after power and evil <clears throat> with, with evil intent but unlike you know, some guys like John Wick who are going all um, directly attacking. He He's more using, he's more subtle. You know, he uses subterfuge. He uses corruption. He's um, working a lot behind the scenes. He's living this double life of um, the peaceful old senator. And then on, on the other side, he's this uh, evil lord. Um, and he's also, you know, the, the main... Uh, catalyst for corrupting Anakin and turning him to the dark side. So uh, I think he shows that um, I don't, I don't know why Lucas wrote him the way he did, but to me, he's kind of the, he kind of embodies the evil leader of our age. Um, In our age, we see it some, well, there's plenty of direct attacks on a political opponents, but there's also a lot of, um, behind the scenes, there's a lot of, you know, passive aggressive, um, or, or just corruption that dominates society. And, and those type of people, um, need to remember what God says in Psalm two, that every leader ought to, as the Bible says, kiss the son. And that's Jesus, um, because every knee will bow to him. Uh, the rulers of this world, the Bible says, they get together, and they make their plans, and, and Psalm 2 says God sits in heaven and laughs at them. Like, he, he knows. He's in control. And so, um, even though the wicked rulers of our age prosper for a season, and their corruption and power seem to, to have no end, they, that their destruction will come um, just like his did. 
Uh, so that was mine. I uh, I liked in episode the original <laughs> series four, five, and six. Uh-huh. I really liked the idea of the character because to me, even as a kid, I knew the 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 saying "less is more." Yeah. So he just kind of floated around, talked a little bit, very mysterious, right? Yeah. And then in episodes one, two, and three, when he started actually like, and especially when he fought Yoda with the lifesaver, I'm yeah. just like, the, what is? <laughs> I was just like, I wanted all I wanted was lightsaber fights. That's all. I, that, that's all I still want is yeah. like, is like you know, good lightsaber fights with some emotion behind it. And I have this little CGI green dude, fly, you know, flying around finding this older guy. And I was just like, I do not know what I'm watching. But um, yeah, but <laughs> I was just like, I think he lost. That's not a that's not an uncommon argument that he lost a lot of people from our generation. Yeah. With episode one, two and three. And, yeah. And the whole Jar Jar Binks fiasco and things like that. Yeah, definitely. All right. My number three is a little lesser known uh, film, unless you're in the movies and independent stuff. But it is the character Theodore played brilliantly by Joaquin Phoenix in a movie called Her. So the movie is about this guy who's going through a divorce, played by Joaquin Phoenix, and he's he's just feeling dissociated from the world. No friends, no activities. He has a job to where he uh, writes. It's basically a telecommute job. He, oh, yeah. he, he has no interaction really with anyone. You can just put it that way to sum it up. And so why did he make this list? So to me... It's because he tried to find fulfillment in everything else, mm. and he fell in love with an AI. And when she left, like it, it still broke him. And like it, like he tried to find love in everything else but God. And that, to me, was the moral of the story. Looking back on it, so it's basically put your time, love, and faith in God because He will always be there. God is the Alpha and the Omega. If you find love in Him, peace in Him, and fulfillment in Him. You'll never go looking for it anywhere else, right? Because when yeah. things fade away, no yeah. matter how close they may be, especially material items, you know, yeah. can't recommend getting away from that enough. But he will always be there for you. Rain or shine, night or day, you know, rise or fall. Like that was to me one of the main themes that that rang through, like how I watched it looking or looking back, how I thought about it. Yeah. And um but man, oh man, like it was, I can't recommend that movie enough, but if you do not do good with, so I have to tell you a funny story about it. If, if you've recently, um, had a breakup or a loss or anything like that, like if you do not do well with loss, be prepared because it is not, it doesn't oh, really, yeah, it okay. does not end happy. And that's the funny story. So yeah. I knew about the movie. Yeah. I knew about the performance. I'm a huge fan of the director, Spike Jones. Like I love him. I love the cinematography of it. I loved everything looking wise about it. One random day I'm visiting my cousin Danielle in the Bay Area and I just uh, I just went through a breakup and she goes, oh, my goodness, we have to watch her. And I'm like, why? Like she goes, it's the it's my favorite breakup movie of all time. She's like, you'll love it. I know you'll love it. You're a movie geek. You are going to love it. We pop it in. She has like hummus, crackers. She has crackers and Nutella, like popcorn, all this stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We press play. It ends. It broke my heart because uh. not not only not only well to me because it ended so sad yeah because i thought like when she said best breakup movie of all time i was like oh he must you know go through a breakup this saturday other cliches yeah and then he gets the girl at the end yeah yeah he doesn't so, so <laughs> and what made it even worse was because the voice is played phenomenally by scarlett johansson so phenomenally in fact People thought that she should have won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress that year. Oh, really? But they don't give 
Oscars to non-physical performers since it was just a voiceover. Oh, I so see. she couldn't even have been nominated, but she plays it so perfectly that you feel like it, these emotions come out and everything. Yeah. So by the end of the movie, <laughs> I remember I was so upset and she goes, did you like it? I was like, I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> she lives in the bear or she lived by Berkeley at the time, which is like two hours from here. Yeah. So I made it out of her place. The whole way home, I was pretty much crying oh. on the free. I was <sighs> wrecked because not only did I just suffer a breakup, I had to experience the loss again with this movie because yeah. of the way it ends. Yeah. I mean, beautifully done, but just be prepared if it's if I don't know where she got the moniker best breakup movie <laughs> of all time. It but wasn't how, that one. <laughs> afterwards, like a week, two weeks later, months later, we were laughing about it hysterically because yeah. our our definitions were not clearly <laughs> not the same. But the passage that came up to mind when I was thinking of uh, Theodore was Matthew six thirty three. Seek first the kingdom of God. Yes. And I try and try and try to remember this such simple quote time and time again, because at some point during the day, I get flustered, I get anxiety, I'm just like, I get troubled, I lose track of why I'm doing things. And it's always for seek first the kingdom of God. Don't yeah. seek the Lamborghini. Don't seek the, you know, cute barista at Starbucks with blue hair or whatever, because she's smiling at you. Like, don't seek this out or the other. You can, but first should be the yeah. kingdom of God. And also Psalm 3410, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who <laughs> seek the Lord lack no good thing. Mm -hmm. And so it just yeah. goes back to this theme of, um, like I said before, it's more at the top of the show. It's like, it's, it's, I do want things. I am striving for things. I'm striving to, you know, maybe put better designer clothes on my kids or upgrade my vehicle and this and that. That's what we said on the show before. You, it's like, dude, you don't have to stray away from those things, but what are you striving for eternally? Yeah. What is at the end? What really matters. What really yeah. matters. And mm -hmm. that is what I find loving that, um, I'm happier now more than ever. I look forward to my Saturdays more now than ever with you recording this show from the Alps. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, yes, I love it. And I can't recommend enough for people who are listening to this. And if, and if you were on the side of the fence that I was, and it's like, nah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Try it. Right. Because you, you well, like what, what yeah. could it hurt? What do you have to lose? What do you, yeah, <laughs> that's what I always tell people. You have nothing to lose if you just, um, try to put God first, try it and see what happens. Number two. All right. Number two, I had Voldemort from, um, <laughs> <clears throat> Harry Potter. So he's a really interesting character that takes, I mean, he's there from the beginning of the, uh, series, but he takes center stage, um, in the later books. And really he comes down to a man who's afraid to die and is willing to do anything to stay alive and um, he has a fear of those that are different than him. He's not. He's he's afraid to. I think it's an interesting theme in the series that he's a he's afraid of love. Like he has no friends. He has followers, but no friends. There's no one in his life that loves him. Well, maybe people love him, but no one that he loves. And uh, he, he's really afraid. Um, I think to love. And so he's ruled by fear. Fear uh, is how he rules his people. And I think fear ruled him as well. 
And so because of his, his fear of death, he was willing to do um, all kinds of evil. God says that um, uh, perfect love casts out fear. So the love of God gives us the ability to conquer fear. And also God says that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So Christians can uh, be ruled by fear um, in, in our sinful selves, but we don't have to be. We, we should be ruled by love for God, love for others, and have a spirit of real power and love and, and discipline and not be someone that is ruled by fear because fear can drive us to do things that we'll regret like they did um, in, in his case. Was uh, have you watched all the movies? Yeah, mm-hmm. you did. Were you a fan of them? <laughs> they, yeah, they were okay. I mean, the books were a lot better, but the um, I've seen the movies. This was another series that my cousin uh, she gets on me for for not liking is because every movie that I try to watch with her, she's like, "You'll love it, you'll <laughs> love it." I like fall asleep and like she'll keep hitting my arm. Yeah. She's like, why, "Why are you falling asleep?" But <laughs> to me, I know it's so simple, and I should probably try to give them. A chance again but when the first movies came out i was already in high school or or almost leaving high school around that oh time. yeah yeah and when i when i saw it i saw it from a teenager perspective yeah and i was like okay they're younger right like i why am i watching like you know 11 year old yeah 11 year olds uh-huh. run around right and the biggest thing was the wands like I came oh, from yeah. Star Wars with the yeah, cool yeah. lightsabers yeah. and swords, and <laughs> I grew up watching, you know, Predator with uh, yeah. um, old Painless. If anyone has seen <laughs> that, uh, uh, the body Jesse James Ventura, like that was his gun, was this um, uh, huge machine gun. Yeah, and and I was like, and then you have um, what was the other thing that I was gonna reference? Oh, William Wallace and Braveheart with his huge, uh, like very long long sword, whatever it was, right? And then all of a sudden, these kids have these wands, and I'm like, wait. I can't relate to this. Like I grew up with all this other yeah. crazy chaos stuff. And no, I, I watched the books after I read the movies. I oh. mean, I said that the wrong <laughs> way. <laughs> I read the, I read the books first and then watched the movies. Okay. So, um, I probably wouldn't have got into the movies if I had not, um, read, read the, the books. books. Gotcha. But, yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll definitely have to give it a shot at some point, especially now since I have kids, I don't think yeah. they, they definitely haven't watched at my house. I don't know if they watched it at their mother's house, but we'll have to see. So my number two is a shout out uh, to my father. May he rest in peace is Lieutenant Frank Drebin from The Naked Gun, released in 1988, played by Leslie Nielsen. So <laughs> this was one of our favorite movies to watch together. And I kept thinking about it like he would he makes me laugh in his performance. The thing that I can't get over his performance is because I'll crack at my own jokes. Like I can't stay serious or in character for very long. Uh-huh. He's like, he stays in this deadpan character, dropping these hysterical lines and never cracks, which makes me laugh even harder because he's like dead serious. And so I just always remember as a kid all the way to an adult, like I would just recite these lines from the movie. Yeah. And my dad <laughs> would just start busting up laughing because all these memories from previous watches would come. Um, but why he needs to seek out the Jesus of Nazareth and is for knowledge. And and I mm. and it finally came <laughs> to me like he's he, he has many qualities, I guess, throughout the movie, but it's just like he's he does not have the knowledge that someone in his position as a lieutenant should have. <laughs> like yeah. it's just it hysterically cracks me up. So 
Proverbs 14, 16 came to mind. Knowledgeable people are careful to stay or to stay out of trouble, but senseless people are careless and act too quickly. Mm, and yeah. that defines the character or the opposite of it because his character continually gets in trouble because he doesn't think about even what he's doing. Yeah. And yeah. it's just have you ever seen the the series? I I may have seen one of them a long time ago. But he's very if I remember right, it's very like Pink Panther esque, right? Yes. Yeah, like that kind of yeah. Him too, Jacques yeah. Cousteau. So but if I can only recommend one, it's the first one. Like I don't know what happened number two and number three. They're still okay. Uh-huh. But the go to is the first one released in nineteen ninety eight. So All right. oh my goodness. So what do you have as your number one? So my number one is Gollum, going back to the Lord of the Rings. Uh he's a really interesting character. And I think I the reason I chose him is because I see I see myself in him more than most villains. You look nothing like him. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. Thank you for saying that. Uh, because he he is his own worst enemy, you know, at every turn. It's just he allows himself to become obsessed with this uh, ring and um, you know you can talk about that the ring had magical properties and okay that's fine but he you know he allows this thing to consume him and in the end um, he was mastered by this lust for this ring that um, cost him his life you know it cost him uh, to begin with it cost him a friend he he killed his friend to keep the ring and then he it drove him insane he goes uh, lives in the caves and um so he he's just a shell of him his former self uh and then at the ultimate end it cost him his life he's willing to you know I, i'll never forget that scene at the end of the movie where he's the last thing to go into the lava is the ring i mean his whole body has been completely destroyed but he holds it above uh the lava until the last second you know yeah. and i think about my own life like what sins do i hold on to am i that are you know eating away at what could be you know a much uh more spiritual me what habits have i developed that are holding me or my family back from reaching the goals that we should have um yes. you know and and so it, in that sense he's a scary character um and and he to me he's a villain that we can learn much from jeremiah 2 13 says my people have committed two sins this is god talking they forsaken me the spring of living water and living water just has the idea of like flowing yeah. you know you know water in motion is a lot safer to drink than um, stagnant water so they've forsaken me, the, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So like instead of following God um, and drinking from that fountain that is alive and fresh and never runs out, I hollow out these like holes in the ground with stagnant pools of water in them and trying to get satisfaction from that. And that's like... That's that characterized him. Um, he gave up everything good for for that one thing, and it cost him everything. As is very deep. I remember um, as as you were talking right now, I I I knew 
that he, it resembled obsession, the lusting after, and, and it cost him his life. But once again, I think because like a Harry Potter and the wands, I didn't take it too seriously because yeah. of how he looked and the, like the single strands of hair coming off his head. And yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I was trying to picture if there was a um, a non-animated version of him. Like, oh, a better, uh, another version is almost, um, I, there's, there's someone still screaming because I, <laughs> I do not know these names, but it was, yeah, yeah. it was, um played by Sean Bean in the first one. And he was the guy that was going to kidnap or at least take the ring from Frodo and Sam. And he wanted to get pel- pelted with the arrows. He was the oh, brother. Boromir. Bor- yeah. There. yeah. Someone's, <laughs> someone's screaming in their window. Boromir. <laughs> That's Boromir. How could yeah, you yeah. not know that? <laughs> so um, forgive me, listener. Um, But yes, because that to me, I took way more seriously than the trajectory of him because yeah. um. Well, same thing, just a short yes, span. Yes, just a short, yeah, a short span of it. But man, oh man, like that, man, you bring up some good points, man. I always learn something from these Saturdays. But you know what it isn't a sin is liking all our stuff on Instagram, <laughs> Old Sinners New Saints Instagram. <laughs> go, go like all our stuff over there. Yeah, so, tell your friends. Tell your friends. <laughs> so my number one was number one for a reason. It was the character of Arthur Fleck, aka the Joker, played by Walking Phoenix. Funny how Walking Phoenix made. Two on two characters on my list, but to me this is the number one character on my list because the story like very close to me, but it's a Hollywood version of it. So I remember in 2017, 2018 when this came out, took my dad to go watch it because it was all hyped up. I loved it. I loved all the promotional material about it. Yeah. But as I was watching this and his life play out, I could not help but feel like it was just a reflection, a darker reflection of me and I remember sitting there like oh like watching this play out and it's like oh I felt that that's happened to me yep that too oh I was treated that way yeah and one of the main themes was he was just misunderstood by everyone like the kooky character like aside and 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 the specifics of it his his uh mother didn't understand him she was doing kind of her own thing and he was taking care of his mother at least in this movie the character was Uh uh-huh but she didn't really care about him, didn't understand him, but didn't care to ask even how he's doing or anything about him. Yeah. And in fact, she put blame on him for other things. His coworkers kind of, you know, they would talk behind him, behind his back and say, oh, that guy's weird. But to his face, they would never ask if he's okay or give him a chance to understand him. Yeah. Um, and everyone around him, like there's a, there's one of the best scenes is on the bus to where, there's a kid, the mother's facing forward, the kid is turned around, and he's just trying to make the kid smile. And she even punishes him, and he tries to explain. He's like, oh, I'm just trying to make the kid smile, and I was making your kid smile. But he gets shunned and punished for it, and it's um, it was just a very, very sad tale. And I just, um, it just, I was just amazed like how excluded he was. And how alone he was, misunderstood, and no one wanted to do anything because society and people around him didn't care to ask. And that theme just kept coming through. If someone would have just reached out and maybe read him scripture, had a friend like you, maybe things could have gone or turned out differently. And yeah. one piece of scripture that really stood out was Jeremiah 29, 11 through, uh, 11 through 14. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, hmm. plans to prosper you and not to harm you, 
plans to give you hope and a future. Yeah. And throughout the whole movie, he kept trying to connect, kept trying to connect, kept trying to connect. And if only he heard a piece of that scripture, people or someone like in that realm, in that sphere could have heard something positive. You know, maybe that character would have gone the way he went and became the Joker. But he just kept taking one hit after the next, after the next, after the next. And that's how it went in my life. I kept getting one loss after the next, after loss, after loss, after loss. And thankfully, by God's perfect timing and his grace, I found him at the end of my rope. Whereas the character of Arthur Fleck found the wrath right he wanted to punish society for everything right that was going towards him and it was just beautifully portrayed by Joaquin Phoenix definitely deserved the Oscar that year but it was really close to me because there was nothing comic booky about it no flying yeah. superheroes nothing like that yeah just a very um I mean there was Hollywood portions of it but it was it was it hit a little like too close to home and I just kept thinking man like and I kept thinking because my father was watching it with me, I just kept thinking, I was like, I wonder how he's seeing this, right? Because yeah. I was like, yeah. I wonder if he's reflecting on this as well. Because at the end of my father's life, he didn't have any like friends around. Like he was always kind of misunderstood yeah. by um, by people and family as well. And I, I never asked him. That would be that would have been an interesting yeah. question. I was too self-involved <laughs> in my critique of the movie. Yeah. So that's good. But yeah, that's that's like a. Um, not everyone experiences that to the same degree, but I think everyone experiences moments where they're isolated from society or, you know, what you expect from a relationship doesn't pan out, whether it's, you know, your parents aren't what you thought they would be or this guy or girl, you know, breaks your heart or um, you can't, you know, some people just struggle socially. They they don't fit in. um, And so those things are, real and i think that's what makes a movie a good a, a good movie is that it you know it tugs at universal themes yes. um and so that's that's great but i think it's also a a call for us that are christians to be on the lookout um you know for those in your church uh start there where who are the people in your church that um they're not easily making friends or, you know, they're on the sidelines, uh, that you can reach out to, um, or who in your, your community of at work or whatever, who is that person? Um, you know, we don't, I don't believe that every socially awkward person is a latent killer, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like they're not all the joker, but, um, you know, we as God's people have the ability to love people and, um, point them to Christ who loves them unconditionally and we can make people's lives so much better just by, like you said, taking some time to be, be a friend and you don't have, they don't have to be, you know, your best friend, but just showing interest and care for people, um, makes a world of difference. It's huge. And, and for when I was on the other side of the the aisle, like this is a, a small story of things, things got so, um, bad for me. And then sadly, there was this uh, point in time to where my one of my good friends, his father passed away. And I remember having to scramble really quick and long story short, I helped them like clean out his father's house, get all the belongings, pack everything up. This was during COVID, right? Yeah. And his sister came up from San Diego, was helping with that as well. 
And I remember I was trying to diet for like the 17,000th time at the time and they ordered pizza. And I was like, oh, I'm going to stay away from that. And she came up to me and peeled like an orange. It was a mandarin, but she she peeled it. Like she took the time to take it. And she's like, hey, I know you're dieting. You know, yeah. here's this, right? And I distinct, I said, thank you. But in my head, I distinctly remember thinking, man, it has been such a long time since someone has done something kind for me. Hmm. And so yeah. how much effort or time does it take to peel a mandarin? Nothing. Right. Right. But like you said, as Christians, like we have that specific viewpoint or that interesting viewpoint of now we know what that is worth. And I know what it's worth. And I'm also calling myself out because I have to be better at that because yeah, if we I all do. Yeah. Because yeah. if I see someone and and c- since it's twofold, now that I know what that meant to me, I can I can sh- pay it back and share that small token of appreciation towards someone else and it takes almost no effort at all just to say hello just to um, ask how their day is going yeah to shoot them a smile and just be like hey man how's you know how's it going how's life just ask them yeah just anything basic because that one small gesture of handing me a piece of fruit and because she put thought into it and was like hey this guy is you know trying to help himself out he's not eating pizza here's this yeah, that resonated still to this day. And that was four years ago. So you never like my mom says, you never know the impact that, you know, the impact on the people that you directly impact, but right. just what you radiate around you by saying hello, saying thank you, doing these small kind gestures. You never know who you're affecting in a positive way. So that's true. So yeah. keep going at it and and reach out to some people. So but. So that was our list. Can you end us with a prayer today, Ben? Yeah, let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you that you are the ultimate example of kindness and that you sent your son Jesus to die for us who hated you, um, had no regard for you, and um, still continually sin against you, yet you love us unconditionally. You say that you are a God of mercy and compassion Um, So I I praise you that you are our example. Help us to live in your love and share that with others. I pray as we talk today about silly things like movie villains, uh, but that illustrate real important truths that we would learn from these things and apply them to our lives and be better Christians. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ben, and thank you, listeners, and we'll talk to you next week.